you have to remember why you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Like in the early days, like, did I get caught up in the numbers? Yes. Um, because after you had like your first video be super successful, it's kind of hard when yeah. like everything isn't, you expect everything to be a video that everyone loves, but mm -hmm. like you have to stay grounded in like why you're actually doing this. And like, just want black women specifically when it comes to the hair care piece, like I want them mm -hmm. to be able to feel like they don't have to always do that trade off, that they have tips and hacks. And if they're struggling with their hair, they have someone that they can go to. Um, and that's what it's really all about. And welcome back to The Fostered. The clip that you just heard is from today's guest, Morgan Jones, aka Mojo. You probably already know her from her popular TikTok account, What Mojo Loves, or maybe you've taken a Legree class from her right here in the Bay Area. In this episode, we chat about everything from her sweat-proof hair method to the very distinct difference between Legree and Pilates, which is causing a lot of controversy right now. I really think this is going to be one that you guys enjoy. And without further ado, here's Mojo. Today, we have Miss Morgan Mojo. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I was walking around like Merritt and was actually just thinking of like guests I wanted to have on the show. And like literally you just popped up walking your dog and I was like, okay, I have to reach out to her. Like clearly this is a sign. And I just wanted to say thank you for like being so open. Yeah. I love wellness. So anything wellness, I'll come show up, talk all day long about it. So love that. Okay. So one thing I like to ask all my guests is what is your story? Yeah, I can start at the beginning. So born and raised on the East Coast. I was born in New Jersey, grew up in Connecticut. Um, so I spent my whole life in Connecticut. Uh, I have a sister. I grew up with two amazing parents. Um, but growing up in Connecticut, not the most diverse place. So after leaving, um, I decided, or when it was time to decide where to go to college, I decided I wanted to go to HBCU. So I went to Spelman College. I think my experience at Spelman shaped so much of me as a woman. Mm. And I think that's um, come full circle with kind of my women helping women and what I try to do on TikTok. Um, but I had the most amazing experience at Spelman. Um, I owe everything, the woman I am today, to Spelman. Uh, after that, I graduated college, lived, did a quick stint in Ohio, then moved to New York. And I was in New York for a while doing marketing. And then I moved to California and I've been here for five years. So my life has taken me crazy different turns. And now I'm in a place where I juggle three different jobs, I guess you could say, TikTok content creator, creation. I'm a part-time fitness instructor. And then I also work as a product marketing manager. I've done a lot of different things. Yeah. Before we started, I asked you your astrology. You know, have, I'm going to have to look up your birth chart because I'm like, there has to be some Virgo or Capricorn Maybe. or something in there. Because like, you're just such a hard worker. And I really love what you touched on about Spellman. I went to HBCU too. Yeah. And But I feel like you really come off like as a girl's girls and like just here <laughs> for the girls and like so helpful. And even when I think of like the TikTok app, like how it's like a tool like I people always say like I learned this on TikTok like yeah. I feel like I've learned a lot from you yeah. <laughs> my I always tell people my love language is putting people on like yeah. I genuinely love and it's strange because now I'm in a place as a content creator where I do do ads mm -hmm. but it's like I would just tell you regardless like yeah. I don't believe in gatekeeping like you want to know where, where I get my hair done where I got my shoes where I got my mascara whatever it is I'll yeah. tell you um and I think I like to think that's what's helped me grow a community on TikTok um but I think the women helping women thing came a lot from Spellman. Definitely. I mean, it definitely had me to be like, had me excited to be a part of your community because I'm just like, I'm I so want to keep soaking up this information. And then when I found out that you were here in the Bay, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to manifest just running yeah. into you one day. And it happened. It happened. It happened. <laughs> I'm so glad it did. Yeah. You said you do product, product marketing? Yeah, product marketing. Um, so I've been doing that since I moved out here, uh, which basically I work on different tech product launches. Uh, so I used to work at Facebook. Um, so I worked on like the e-commerce products, like Instagram shopping, things like that. How did you find your way to TikTok though? To content creation? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
on accident. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. I've always worked in marketing. So mm-hmm. I've always like been a user of social media apps, but I've never really been a content creator per se. Yeah. Although I've like done little things here and there for myself, like to capture memories. Um, but it was really on accident. I had this hair method, which we'll probably talk about a little mm-hmm. bit, but this way that I used to maintain my hair when I was working out, I had friends ask me all the time what I did and I was just filming videos and sending it to them. And I was getting new phones and I would lose a video and it would be hard to like type out the instructions. So I was like, I'm just going to film a video, yeah. post it somewhere, and I'll just like share that link to people. I didn't really care where it went. Um, and then I was kind of dragging my feet, didn't do it. And I saw the TikTok and I was like, now's the time. I re- responded to this woman and that was that was the start. That was in February, and it's been a wild ride since. I've been posting almost every day since. Was that your first video you made on TikTok? I had other videos, but it was very much a personal account. Like yeah. I had, I went to what I thought at the time was viral because mm-hmm. two thousand people had seen it. But I went to a wedding and I couldn't figure out what dress I wanted to wear, mm-hmm. so I had posted that where I had. Some people that weren't just my close immediate friends see my mm-hmm. videos, but other than that, it was all like little things of my niece, my dog, like silly little. I don't know, personal things that I was posting on there. Um, yeah. And then it took a turn for the better. <laughs> yeah. How have you liked it? I have loved my experience on TikTok. I think I've found what feels like my people. Yeah. Like I, um, it's been an interesting exercise in vulnerability, which is like, mm-hmm. took it deep for a second. One of the biggest things that I've worked on in therapy and my therapist used to always tell me like the moment that you are comfortable being vulnerable is the moment that you will find your people like that mm-hmm. will help you find your community. And I w- I've always been kind of like closed off and like, um, I don't really post on Instagram much. Like I'm just not really a big social media person, but in being like sharing my crazy hair hacks and like silly things I do with my hair or like sharing parts of my life has helped me find connections with women like you and yeah. other people that I've met that I don't think I ever would. So I've had a really positive experience so far. I hope it stays that way. <laughs> I, I hope so too. We were talking a little bit beforehand, but you were saying you have like an engagement versus growth strategy. Yeah. I'm more focused uh, on like engaging the people who are here for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I've had a video or two go pretty viral um, beyond that first one. And I just think some people are looking to grow their platforms massively. Mm-hmm. Um, I like my day job. I don't ever see myself as being a full-time content creator. Like I do, I'm a multi-passionate person. I do like having multiple passions. Um, So right now I just want to be able to provide content for the people that are here Mm -hmm. uh, for the right reasons and like give them things that they're interested in and in a way that's engaging and exciting to them and provides value to them versus like a strategy that's looking to grow more people. Um, Because sometimes when you grow more people, not all followers are good followers in my opinion. Um, So a lot of times when you have a video with like millions of views, you're going to get a lot of either trolls or you're going to get some people who like followed you for accident and don't even know they're following you and aren't going to engage with any of your other content. So I really like fostering like deep engagement with my community or what I try to do. I love that. Anytime anyone drops the fostering, I'm like, yeah, Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's so, I I feel like, and I struggle with this too, just like getting caught up in like the numbers of it all, especially like being a black creator on TikTok is like another 200 video or 200 views video. Like, wanting to like break out of that but I think what you're saying is really great because it's like forcing you to get back to the gratitude like of the people that are showing up for you and like just focusing on those people versus like trying to reach a ton of people who may not even be meaning you well yeah and you have to another thing my therapist yeah um (laughs) has helped me with is like you have to remember why you're doing this Mm -hmm. like in the early days like did I get caught up in the numbers yes um 
because after you had like your first video be super successful, it's kind of hard when yeah. like everything isn't, you expect everything to be, um, a video that everyone loves, but mm -hmm. like, you have to stay grounded in like why you're actually doing this. And like, we talked about, like, it's all about, I just want black women specifically when it comes to the hair care piece, like I want them mm -hmm. to be able to feel like they don't have to always do that trade off, that they have tips and hacks. And if they're struggling with their hair, they have someone that they can go to. Um, and that's what it's really all about. Like the numbers you can have everybody struggling with the numbers. That's the other thing. It's like yeah. nobody has hit after hit. It will be peaks and valleys all the time. You touched on a good piece just now with the hair care of it all. That's how I found you yeah. with your quality ears. <laughs> and literally wore them to bed last night. Like, <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. And you also I debated on coming in them because it was raining, but it stopped yes. raining. Because <laughs> oh, you had, wear them out too? Oh, oh yes. If it's raining, like yesterday it was raining so bad in the Bay Area. Um, I got my hair done, mm -hmm. but to preserve it, I have like a uh, satin line beanie that I'll put on my head mm -hmm. and then I put my hood and then I put my raincoat and I'm like, good to go. If Ooh. I'm going out somewhere socially, I don't necessarily wear them. Yeah. But like, like if I'm walking around the mall or like whatever on planes, like whatever it is, I'm all about the preservation. I literally was blow dry, blow drying my hair, and I was remembering your words like <laughs> you have to get it right in the blow dry. Like that the, is like the curling has to be right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so how did you learn about qualities? I made it up. Like I, I, I was really trying to think last night. Like what is the exact origin story? I think it was just a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Like I used to work out, I used to try the whole wrapping method with a mm -hmm. baseball cap, um, but that just created moisture in the middle. Like the crown is where like my mm -hmm. hair swells the most. Uh, I tried pin curling, but it never, like the uh, bobby pins would leave creases if yeah. it, there was moisture, so it never came out right. And I started changing how my hair was styled and I did like looser beach waves. Mm -hmm. And the stylist, I noticed she was curling my hair away from my face. So I was like, if I just like twist it, it's basically two big bantu knots. Mm -hmm. If I just twist it and pin it, will it work? And it did. And then I was like, okay, but the edges are still a problem. I need to figure out a way to like wick the sweat away. And my mom, this was 15 years ago. She bought me a gym wrap. They've been around. I was probably one of the first customers. Um, uh, my mom bought me this thing to try and I haven't changed it up since. I've been literally using this thing forever. Um, I love that. I and my sister came up, the name, Koala Ears. Oh. My sister was making fun of me. So that's how, <laughs> that's that's so how she was like, you look like a little koala bear. And I was like, okay. So yes. I called it Koala Ears and never thought it would see the light of day beyond me, my sister, and my best friends. But now there's... I don't know, thousands of women probably yeah. know about it at least. I wear them on the plane because I saw one video where you were wearing it on the plane. Yeah, I don't play. It's yeah. all about like, and that's how I think I've been able to maintain somewhat as someone who self-presses my hair a lot, like mm -hmm. the health of my hair is like, I don't have to put heat on it frequently because okay. I maintain it. Like I have it like this right now because I just got it done and like mm -hmm. these curls are very fresh and very tight. Um, but that's a part of it is like the maintenance in between is so important to allow yeah. you to like stretch your styles longer so you don't have to put heat on it as much. I have been wearing my hair for curly for forever, but I'm just like not as interested in that anymore. And I yeah. think that's like a big wave that's happening right now too. Like women switching from like necessarily wanting to wear their hair curly all the time to maybe either getting perms or just wearing it straight more. Yeah. Have you experienced any of that at all? Well, I did like this summer, I, I've been a silk press girl basically my whole life. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I very much um, haven't really styled my curly hair. I did it for this summer mm -hmm. um, and it's just, super time consuming it's yeah. and that's the thing it's like it's not a lack of um love of my mm -hmm. curls i think they're cute if someone else will do it i'll do it yeah but you can't really get to a salon every like five days mm -hmm. to like get it refreshed and get it like twisted out perfectly so i just don't have time yeah. that's what it boiled down to it takes a lot of time i love it but it just takes a lot of time yeah no and i think that's been the main thing for me too it's like 
I spent two hours like training it uh, yesterday. And that's probably like the most time I'll have to put into it. Yeah. This week. And then and you're good. For like 14 years, you're good. And, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm all about optimizing for time. I just wish there was an easier way. Yeah. I, and I think now, because there was like a lot of shame around women, like black women wanting to either wear their hair straight or like getting perms. Yeah. But for sure. I feel like if you're not having to like put that time in on your hair like that, then you really don't have a say. Yeah. It's all about what works for you and your lifestyle. And yeah. also I found like with working out, it is easier for me for straight hair. Cause I do have this quality or method than when I'm wearing my hair natural. Like it just, I don't have a good method yet. So no, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't good for me. And I was just finding myself like wearing it in ponytails all the time. And my hair was breaking off severely mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it just wasn't good. So I was yeah. like, I think I'm going to explore this. And if I don't like this, I think, giving myself like the option to experiment too has been really really nice yeah I never understand people inserting their opinions on like how other people want to do their hair like I think uh I mean I think I did a video on this at one point but it's like we should appreciate like whatever if you like it I love it like it's your hair whatever works for your lifestyle I'm not going to put any um assumptions on how you choose to express your creativity or yeah. your self-expression through your hair. Um, I think people think there's like a self-hate or something around it, but it's like, I don't know. Like I, to me, I like, it's, it's still my hair. And even if I, we put, I don't know how I, I don't feel like it's self-hate. I yeah. feel like this is how I like to wear my hair. It's convenient for me and it helps my mental health, honestly, like not having to spend forever getting my curls right or just stressing over my hair. Like, I just don't want the stress of, like, thinking yeah. about my hair. I'm lazy. I say yeah. this all the time on my page. Like, I, when it comes to my hair, I'm lazy. Yeah. I'm all for, like, the least amount of time possible so I can do other things. Like, my stylist will have me in and out in 45 minutes. I can do work while I'm sitting in that chair, and then I'm done. Oh, <laughs> That's nice. It, so. Love that. Um, but, yeah, it's all what works for you. Okay. Well, to transition, I'd love to know, like, how did you come to fitness? Was it later in life or was it Yeah. So growing up, I was always an athlete. So I was always in sports. Like, I had a sport every season. So I've always been passionate about, like, pushing myself physically Mm -hmm. through, like, competitive sports. Um, So did a bunch of sports as a kid. And then when I graduated college, I still had a love for, like, athleticism, sports. Mm -hmm. But that transitioned to a love of fitness. So I found different other ways to like challenge myself and push myself towards new goals that were just like solo in the gym. Yeah. Um, so I graduated college, hired my first personal trainer, and I was like more of like just a gym person. Mm-hmm. I never had a great experience with like group fitness classes. They either weren't diverse, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. or like the music was terrible or the energy was off or they weren't challenging enough. So I was like, I'm just a gym person. Like I am not a group fitness class mm-hmm. person. Um, and then when I moved to California, I was looking for a community and I was like, I just need to do like group classes because like Mm -hmm. people are more chit chatty there than they are in like a gym Mm -hmm. when you're kind of like in the zone so I took a Legree class and I fell in love with it I was like this is this is what I've been looking for like the energy was right it was so hard it was I get bored a lot with workouts and I felt like it was just one that was going to keep me entertained because there's so many different variations of a routine that you could do that like you're, you will rarely repeat a same routine going mm-hmm. to a studio. So I fell in love with it and I became very much a Ligree girl and I was taking it multiple times a week. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And then when the pandemic hit, I was doing soul searching. Like I think mm-hmm. a lot of people when you're in your house by yourself and I realized I didn't want my primary source of fulfillment to come through my nine to five. Like mm-hmm. it's great that I have a job that I love, but I wanted to have an opportunity to leave my mark on the world. I know that yeah. sounds like very grandiose, but I wanted to have an opportunity to um, have a positive impact like so many group Legree fitness instructors that have on me to other people. Uh, and then I explored teaching. I blindly DM'd my favorite Legree instructor and I was like, hey, like, I think I want to do this. 
and I think I'd struggled a lot with negative self-talk that told me I either didn't have the personality to be an instructor, like the strength, like I wasn't doing it long enough. I was like, you know, I'm just like going to do it. Mm -hmm. If she reacts well, like that will be my like little boost of confidence I need to try it out. And she was so, so supportive, gave me all the cheat codes, introduced me to the owners of the studio that I teach at now. And that's the rest is history. That's kind of what took me from being a client to becoming an instructor. I love that. Oh, I'm, and I feel like had she maybe responded negatively, like that would have like just changed oh, the whole absolutely. experience yeah. for you. Yeah. I think I needed, I didn't have, and now I look back and that was two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have the confidence to like feel sure in that decision where I think today I would be mm -hmm. like, like, yeah, I can do this. Like, I feel like I can do this. I've seen other people do it. Um, but I think then I was still struggling a lot on my own wellness journey and mm -hmm. like my own challenges with like my body and my strength um, and how I felt about fitness spaces uh, comparison to others that I think those, that negative self-talk had she kind of been like, oh, like kind of a good idea. Mm -hmm. But she was like, no, you need to do this. Like, yeah. you'll be perfect for it. Like, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to do it. And sometimes that's all you need. So, And you've been able to do that for so many other people. Yeah, that's my hope. I was just talking to someone who took my class on Friday. I was like, you should teach. Do yeah. it. You should teach. Um, there's like, there's no reason why. I'm naturally an introvert. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a pretty, like, to myself, mellow person. Mm -hmm. Like, when you see me in class, it's a totally different person. Like, I can turn it on because I feed off of energy that I thought, because I was an introvert, I could never be a fitness instructor. Because mm. um, I thought they had to be the extroverted, like, the really loud, the bubbly all the time. But, like, I can turn it on in a way that I think um, my regulars, at least, that come to class frequently enjoy. Um, so I think there's space for everyone. Listeners of the pod already know, like, my journey of with wanting to teach Pilates. Um, could you touch on really quickly the difference between Ligree and Pilates? Yeah, this honestly could be a podcast episode yeah, really in itself. <laughs> it, there's a lot of new ones needed. I'll give a quick history lesson. So Joseph Pilates created the Pilates method mm -hmm. uh, mid 1900s. I want to say like 1950s ish. Um, so it's a pretty. It's been around for a while. It was designed as a way to rehab bodies. So it was soldiers coming back from war. He was also, I think, affiliated with the circus um, in some way. So like when circus performers would get injured, they would come to him for rehab methods. Mm -hmm. So it was like a physical therapy type. And that's where kind of a lot of the stretching, a lot of the low impact aspects come. It was later popularized by ballerinas as a fitness method because they started doing it as a way to rehab from their own injuries. So it kind of took off more from being popularized, um, one being a black woman, popularized through the ballerina community. Um, so that's Pilates. Fast forward to the late 1990s when Sebastian Legree was a Pilates instructor and saw an opportunity to create a new method that applied like lifting and bodybuilding principles on top of a similar resistance-based machine. So that's kind of like the evolution and why I describe to people that are distant cousins, mm -hmm. like third cousin <laughs> remove kind of thing. So there are some elements where you'll see similarities, but the main difference is the objective of the methods is very different. So like I said, the origin story of Pilates is more about like rehabilitation, mind-muscle connection. Um, it tends to be a calmer environment versus Legree is optimized for high intensity without impact. So you're still getting a lot of, so still low impact, mm -hmm. but you're still getting your heart rate up the same way you would for a HIIT workout. So the ways that you go through the moves is different than you would for Pilates. Okay. Um, now there are different types. Where it gets confusing is a, like a lot of Legree studios still associate themselves with Pilates. They'll mm -hmm. have Pilates in the name. And I think that's just because that's a mental model that people have of like, this machine is similar to a reformer machine, um, but they are pretty different. And I think both Pilates, classical, um, and Legree will tell you they're not the same. Um, there is some, I think, beef in the industry, I'll say, between the two. But it really boils down to them just being different fitness methods. 
And clearly you prefer Legree. So I take both. So I oh, take okay. Reformer Pilates. Um, I do love Legree. Like mm-hmm. I am somebody who I like to go to a workout and I like to like sweat. Like I yeah. like to feel crazy and just leave the class and be like, what did I just put myself through? Like that was crazy. Like that's what gets kind of my energy up. Mm-hmm. Um, I can appreciate both. But I think if I, uh, as a part of my regular workout routine, Legree is um, a big piece of it. How, what makes it more sweaty is just like the pace of the moves. Yeah, it's how slow the moves are. Oh, so slow. like it's the slow out, the slow in. Pilates has less of an emphasis on the timing. Okay. Um, Legree has more of an emphasis on like the transition, move to move. And mm-hmm. I'll say like a big asterisk with caveat. There's nuance there. There's cardio reformer Pilates classes that are similar, that can feel similar to a Legree class for yeah. sure. But like, like, I sweat a lot in Pilates, but I am just prone to sweating. Like when I look around the class, like nobody else is sweating. Like yeah. I'm sweating. But this is, this is body rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, that's, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. So that is more similar to Legree than it is to Pilates. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because when I was watching your videos, I was like, this, this feels like a little bit what I'm doing. But yeah, a lot of the moves um, have similar names. Uh, I can give you. But when you think about body rock, it is more similar to Legree than it is to Reformer Pilates. Gotcha. Okay. This is good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know way too much. I feel like I like, I don't know, should teach a course on it. But yeah. it's a lot of it is semantics. I think some people just feel very strongly about it. I'm like, whatever gets you moving your body is good by me. Like none is bad. I do always tell people Legree offers more opportunity for injury. And okay. I'll say that lightly because I I think similar to if you were to go out for a run Mm -hmm. versus a jog like if you're running like high intensity you're doing things on like heavy intensity on your body Mm -hmm. versus if you're just doing like a stroll um Legree machines tend to have higher spring loads they tend to opt for the higher spring loads when you're doing each of the moves so I think if you don't have a solid foundation if you don't have a great instructor that's why I think a lot of Pilates instructors don't love Legree um is because of some of that. I mean, I feel like Pilates, well, at least body rock, and maybe because it's similar, more similar to Legree, um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity for injury because we <laughs> did some move the other day. I was like in the middle of the carriage and was like having to pull myself up and on. I was like, I could easily hurt yeah, myself. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of times with classical reformer Pilates, you won't see like crazy things. Yeah. Like sometimes we're doing moves where we're pulling cables and we're doing other things. So like I understand the criticism. Mm-hmm. Um it comes down to, that's why I try to be a great instructor and I try yeah. to keep people safe. And I made sure that my studio offers beginner's classes. It comes down to, I think, the the um, the space that you're in for Legree. Like, not not all Legree classes are going to be great. I'm excited to take a class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on over. For anyone that's, like, interested in doing, like, Pilates or Legree, what would be – but, like, it's, like, scared. I'm sure you probably get this question yeah. a lot. Like, what would be, be your advice to them? Uh, my advice is to find a studio that – takes a beginner's class okay. or offers a beginner's class and take that beginner's class because I think there's beauty in being able to learn um, and there's a beginner's class that I teach. There's beauty in being able to learn with other people who are also new. Mm-hmm. What I think a lot of people where they feel intimidated is when you're going into an intermediate class and you feel the need to look around and try mm-hmm. to keep up pace with other people who come every day, yeah. um, multiple times a week kind of thing. So I always tell people like, if you can find a place that has a beginner's class where you can ask all the questions, If that's not available to you in your area, I would say definitely make sure you go early and talk to the instructor and just say, hey, I'm new. I could really use your assistance with keeping my form, making sure I'm staying safe because that's the most important thing. I think a lot of instructors by default won't do that if they don't know that you're new and that like you need that additional support because some people don't 
react well to corrections um, or like keeping, even though it's designed to keep you safe, some people don't respond well. So I would say definitely take a beginner's class, definitely spend time um, coming early to class to talk to the instructor at the very least. But the other thing that I think people should be mindful of is like, it's just you and that machine. Like, mm-hmm. don't look around. Don't try to keep up with the other people. Take as many breaks as you need because for Legree specifically, it can be super high intensity. Um, so definitely take it at your own pace and like be in there just for you and that machine. And that's it. It's you, that machine and the instructor. Everybody else is just an accessory. <laughs> what would you say are some of like the biggest benefits of Legree that you found? Like what keeps you coming back to that practice? Low impact. I mean, I, I feel like in my 30s, my joints just aren't the same anymore. Are so you 30? I, yeah, I'm 32. <laughs> okay, this is the sign right now to do Legree. <laughs> yeah, I'm 32. About to be 33, actually. Um, so I think low impact is the biggest. I went through a running phase in my uh, 20s mm-hmm. where I was like, just, I felt like demolishing my body. Yeah. But I still crave that high intensity feeling where I was like really like working that hard and challenging high. myself. So I love that Legree offers that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very unique benefit. Um, I love that it never gets easy and some people are kind of discouraged by that, mm-hmm. but there's always challenge. Like I never feel like I could ever plateau. I've done hundreds and hundreds of classes and I've taught a bunch of classes, take it regularly and I'm still really challenged. So I think there's beauty in that as well. Um, and I also think the, the focus on strengthening your core, not for aesthetic reasons, but Another thing that I learned with prior injuries is like your core is like the most important aspect of your body because while you're walking, when you're standing, like that will help you prevent knee injuries, hip injuries, back injuries. So like the opportunity to really strengthen your core in a way that's like beyond just crunches where Mm -hmm. you're like losing your form. Um, I think those are all like the benefits that I love. I love that. Yeah. After my first, I would say five Pilates classes, I noticed like how terrible my posture was. I didn't realize like, (laughs) like my pelvis was like constantly like tucked, like, like yeah. flared back. And yeah. And you're putting so much pressure on your back. And that's how a lot of people get those back injuries. And then I just, cause I would hear her say all the time, like tuck your pelvis in, tuck your pelvis in. And also like getting the form right in these classes too. Like it takes so many like classes to finally, like actually really put that mind body connection. to like yeah. what they're saying, I don't, did it take you a long time to figure or was it? Instead? Oh, absolutely. I always tell clients it takes like eight classes before yeah. you feel the first like four or five, you're like, what is this thing that I'm on? Like, what am I doing? It's all a blur. But like after eight, you at least know the, the moves start to repeat. So you're going to mm-hmm. start to see the same type of moves in classes, but you start to notice the difference when you like tuck your pelvis in or tilt, um, tuck your hips under when you're bracing your core versus not bracing your core. Yeah. Um, so you definitely hit a stride where you can really start to uh, have more optimization in each of those moves. Another thing that I always tell people is like, I have a background in like being in the gym and lifting. Mm-hmm. Legree has made me a better lifter. Yeah. Like it has made me stronger in ways that I didn't think it would and like how precise I am with my form mm-hmm. because you are barefoot and you're like grounding into a machine that's moving. So it requires you to be so precise. If your knee's forward, you feel it differently versus when you shift your knee back. So I think all of those things are ways that like benefit you fitness wise, but also like life wise, just like navigating life injury free no totally i've really been getting into spin lately i'm just yeah. like on a spin kick right now yeah but i haven't experienced like how people say um they have experienced like a lot of women experience a lot of pain mm-hmm. in spin low back classes. pain yeah or like from sitting on like their oh um, that too yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your vagina people uh, have a lot of because yeah. they're putting all their weight on that one bone yeah but because i've been tilting my pelvis under or like like what is it called <laughs> what's the right word for it? tuck your hips under yeah, is what I've i tell people yeah i tucking my hips under 
um, I'm actually sitting on my sits bones and that's mm. the proper form. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I've never had that pain in spin and I wonder if it's because of it's the cream. No, it's, yeah, it's one that's interesting. are just mad because a lot of us are not doing yeah. what we're like more flaring out. And so yeah. since you have the right form, it's benefited Yeah, it, it helps you in ways that I, I think you don't even recognize. Yeah, obsessed. <laughs> um, how often do you do it a week? Now, like once or twice a week, just yeah. because I teach so frequently, like mm-hmm. I'd basically be in the studio every day. Yeah. Uh, but when I was just a client, I was taking it three times a week. I am a big advocate for diversity in the type of workouts that you have. So like I try to avoid encouraging people to just do one thing. Like even though I teach Legree, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you to come to Legree every single day because yeah. it is intense on on your body. Um so yeah, I'm I'm big about like sprinkling different things in, but now I'm like one to two times a week and that still feels good enough. <laughs> what are some of your other favorite workouts to be doing? I do a lot of strength training. Um, I do do some cardio, although I don't love cardio. My favorite cardio, it took me a while to figure out what I mm-hmm. liked because I used to think the only cardio was running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do Versa climbing as my like preferred what cardio. Is that? So it's... How do I describe it? You're on a stationary machine where oh, it's like I see Tracy Ellis Ross on this all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, LeBron James. Like a lot of athletes do it because again, it's low impact, so you're not like running on uh-huh. anything. Um, but it's full body cardio because you're using your arms, your legs, but also your core to like pull. Ooh. And as you change the resistance, so the studio I go to here in the Bay, they, it's like beat based, so it's based on music. Um, so it's fun. It feels like spin. Oh, this is a class you're taking. Yeah, yeah. I can only do classes for cardio. If you, if you ask me to go run, I, I'm not going to do it. Unless I'm doing like list cardio, which is like walking. Oh my gosh. And you're doing that the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. It's only 30 minutes. It's quick. You're like in and out. Okay. But I, I'm a big music person. Like yeah. that's another reason why I wanted to be a fitness instructor. So I could secretly live out my DJ dreams. Yes. <laughs> but um, I'm, yeah. So having it be based, but I could never really get into spin. Like something yeah. about me and spin. Um, I do like Peloton because I think the instructors are like, entertaining mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah I had to find the right cardio so I do cardio strength um and then Legree or Reformer Pilates what's some of your favorite music to work out to well, uh, who was your top Spotify rap artist <laughs> okay so <laughs> this is because I'm a fitness instructor it was wrapped is ruined like my yeah. wrapped is never actually going to reflect my taste in music because now I pick music based on beats per minute or like I kind of start with a slower song and then it builds up. Um, so I can't even tell. I, I don't even know if I looked at my artists that were, I can't tell you who was my Spotify rap, but I love Kate Trinata. Like Ooh, yes. any Kate Trinata, I feel like it's great to listen to, to like enjoy, but also mm-hmm. to work out to. Um, but I listen to a lot of like, I don't want to say no names because that's kind of mean to the artist, but I I try all of my mixes for class. I try to avoid any like billboard hits. Like I go with either like really old songs you forgot about, um, like, uh, I don't know, songs from childhood that just yeah. make you nostalgic or things that are like a radio hype mix that just have a really good beat, but not like a, like a mm-hmm. just like a vibey high energy mix. Yeah, you're really taking that DJ approach to it. Like, I'm going <laughs> to put you on a I think it's so, like, anytime when I re- read my reviews after class, I get so, the best compliment you can tell me is you like my playlist. <laughs> okay, I'm excited to take a class now. Because yeah. I will say, because I'm always the only black person, like, at the spin studio I, I go to, there was only white instructors, and they finally brought in a black instructor. Yeah. And it was, like, a month after the Beyonce album came out. And I had been waiting, because like, that album was mm-hmm. perfect for spin. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I shouldn't have had to wait a month to hear the Beyonce and spin. Mm-hmm. I did a whole Beyonce class. I did <laughs> okay. best of Beyonce playlist where it was like <laughs> Renaissance new stuff and like older stuff that's like good for 
hype music. I did a Drake class. Ooh. I've done, I think my favorite one is that I did heartthrobs of hip hop, which was like everybody that like you had a crush on at some point, like Chingy. Well, oh, I'm old, like I said. Chingy. No, no, I love Chingy. <laughs> okay. Chingy, um, I don't know. Jack Harlow, a lot of people love him, yeah, but it was I like everybody that's Jack like Harlow. a heartthrob that's a rapper, Drake. Um, but I love fun themes. Yeah. It's how, I mean, you're teaching for two, three hours straight, like mm-hmm. you need some good music. I need it, but also like the clients need it too. I love that. That's I love fun. that approach. That's so fun. I feel like people don't take the music that seriously. I have a friend that is a um, she teaches at Orange Theory, and she's just like, I just put on this one thing, and I'm like, girl, no. this is the main thing. Music <laughs> is like the biggest thing, and that's like the instructor that I talked about that had the biggest impact on me. Mm-hmm. She was the first time I heard hip hop in a degree class. Like mm-hmm. I heard like music that I would enjoy listening to that felt. I don't know. There's something about like a hominess of it when it feels like music you would listen to in your own house when you're working out. Her playlists were just always fire. Like, they were always so good. Um, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so selfishly, I did want to ask you, because I am just kind of like, it's discouraging for me, and I've talked about this on TikTok, um, always being like the only one plus, but like definitely the only black person yeah. like in the classes. And I guess, do you have like any advice on like, having, like how to keep showing up? Because it's not that I don't feel welcome in these spaces, but it does feel like a little bit isolating. Yeah. I think it's, I feel, I still feel like that. Like yeah. when I do a lot of fitness class reviews as well, and I'll review different like um, Pilates studios. Unfortunately, I think Pilates and I'll use Legree as an adjacency, although they're not the same, like we talked about. Um, yeah. <laughs> it has a very strong stereotype aesthetic to it that's mm-hmm. perpetuated at each studio. I think it really starts with the instructors that they hire. Um, so unfortunately I feel like Pilates out of all the fitness places has the longest way to go in terms of like being more inclusive and welcoming because it doesn't make people feel like they want to come back. Um, but I would go back to kind of like the mantra that I said earlier where it's Mm -hmm. like, you're in there for yourself, that machine and that instructor's guidance. And that's it. Like everybody else, what they're doing doesn't matter. Like you're in there to like have a great experience for you, um, and to listen to the great coaching of that instructor. Um, but it's hard. Like sometimes I, even as an instructor, I'm privileged to work at a studio that's incredibly diverse. I'm one of five black women that teach at my studio and there's only like 12 of us, um, total instructors wise. And that's like rare. So like when I go other places, I'm like, this is crazy. Like this is not only the instructor lineup as I'm looking for who to take, but also like in the people that attend classes. Um, But we're in like a really diverse area. So I guess that's what surprised me. Like I get excited when I see another black person in the class and I, I didn't feel like, I, I thought this being here in the Bay would just be a little bit more diverse, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, I, I have no answer, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you to come to the Black Girl Mega event. That's yeah. where, that's when where is it that is. When is that going to be? In January. I'm going to bring it back. So I did it uh, in, when was that? That was probably May of last year okay. where I just hosted. Because I think a lot of it too is just people don't want to try out, people don't want to spend $35, $40 on something yeah. I've never tried before. Mm-hmm. So like, if I offered this class for free for Black women, give music that we all love, music mm-hmm. that we all enjoy, like a safe space. Everybody's a beginner. Everyone's learning together. Um, that that can hopefully at least get people comfortable enough so that they can go to these other classes, other mm-hmm. places and be like, I know a foundation. Like I don't feel the intimidation that sometimes you may feel from, yeah. I don't know, the the others in the class. But um, I think just finding those like pockets of safe spaces and people in that class like met and started coming to class together. Um, yeah. And a lot of them came became regulars at my studio. So I think it's sometimes it just requires like going out of your way to find the fitness safe spaces. And there aren't many of them, unfortunately. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully we'll get more of them soon. 
I just think it's so great that you're offering that. Like, I, I'm so excited for the one in January. I would definitely yeah, be there and bring yeah. all my friends. Yeah. Because they ask me all the time. They're like, I want to try a class. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it is expensive. And it's expensive. I, I, I think we, we were saying earlier, like, it feels like a pricing out almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's exclusivity by design, Yeah. Um, unfortunately. And I think a lot of these studio instructors, I think it starts with the people that you hire. I think if you hire more diverse staff, mm -hmm. it makes more diverse people want to come to your class. Yeah. And that can be diversity of body type, of ethnicity, of race, whatever it may be, but like some level of diversity that I don't think a lot of these studio owners are prioritizing or thinking about. Um, so I think that's really where it needs to start. Like you have to create a space that feels like you would want to go there. Um, but it's, it's hard. I don't, I... I don't know why it lacks, but a lot of the fitness classes here I found just in general in the Bay lack a lot of diversity, but. Well, you're working to change that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. <laughs> That's the goal. I'm only one person. <laughs> yeah. So another selfish question. I just want to ask, like, what does a day in life for you look like? Having a full-time job, <laughs> then being this teacher and also being a TikTok creator. Like, how are you managing all these things? It's crazy. I'm not even gonna lie. Like sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? Um, I spend my weekends. So I'm an introvert. So I spend a lot of time at home. So my weekends are a lot of content creation. Daily life, I have like my morning routine where I like make sure I'm nourishing my own body. Yeah, so I let's start with go my work morning routine. Okay. What are you doing? <laughs> so wake up. Usually try to wake up around 6:37, but okay. I'm a big I'm big into sleep optimization. So it really depends on how I yeah. slept the night before. If I don't sleep well, it's gonna start later. Um, so start my morning morning routine, like skincare, all that, because mm -hmm. that makes me feel ice roll, like really awake. Um, I will then go walk my dog, take a long walk, like you're probably telling me mm -hmm. on. Um, take how a long, long? How long is the walk? Like an hour. Okay. Yeah, like an hour walk, um, especially if I'm going to work all day long. Like mm -hmm. she's not going to necessarily get all of the exercise throughout the day. So mm -hmm. I at least want to start her with a good way of moving her body. I'll come back, um, get my workout in mm -hmm. if I have enough time before my first meeting. So do my workout and then I work my nine to five. Uh, and of course there's like chances where I can like check TikTok, post mm -hmm. like batch content that I have from the week. But, um, during the week is really like about my job, my yeah. job that pays my bills. Uh, and then after my nine to five is when I will do prep for my classes that week. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I typically teach, uh, five to six classes is my regular schedule, but it's broken up by like Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Okay. So I kind of do my first half of the week classes and then my second half of the week classes. So after work during the week, I'm doing um, like class prep. And then um, the weekends are really where I do the bulk of my TikTok work. So I have like an admin day and then I have like a shoot day. So Saturday will be like a shoot day and then Sunday will be an admin day where I'm just like responding to emails and trying to keep my head screwed on trade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is, I mean, when you put it like that, it's like, okay, I see how you're like managing this, but it does seem like it's like packed. Your days are packed. Yeah, it's packed. And I think it's a choice that I've made at yeah. any point when it feels like too much or when I feel like I'm burning out. I would say probably socially I sacrifice the most. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, I'm an introvert. So yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I definitely... Um, have made my choice. I think if you're somebody who loves to go to happy hour every single night, maybe mm -hmm. having three jobs probably is the best yeah. choice for you. But um, yeah, I love I love what I do in every aspect. So it seems worth it now. And you're able, able to monetize your TikToks now? I am, yeah. Um, and you started in February. Like I started in February and I was able to monetize pretty quickly. 
I have one long-term uh, fitness partnership that was the first that I've had for a year. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I don't know if I've had a traditional path to monetize. I never planned to monetize. I was mm-hmm. like, this would be cool if I could. Yeah. Um, but it was a brand that I am obsessed with and have been telling any and everyone in my life about already. So it just like naturally fit into kind of my approach. Um, so that was the first. And I think when other brands see you doing campaigns, mm-hmm. they also are like, hey, we wanted you to do something similar. Yeah. Um, so that has opened up the doors for others. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting. That's really exciting. I feel like TikTok is like really able to change so many people's lives like really quickly and just offer them like another form of um, financial freedom. And so oh yeah, absolutely. Still to this day, mind blowing. Yeah, <laughs> you know all those trends where it's like January me, like January me would her jaw would be on the ground. She'd yeah, be like what? This is coming from someone who like didn't even like posting selfies on Instagram. Like I barely posted on Instagram. <laughs> Like now you're posted up in your car every single day talking to strangers. They're not strangers. They're friends. Yeah. (laughs) When you meet in real life, they become friends. Yeah. Um, Is it strange though? Like having like, like being like being able to walk down the street and then be like recognizable is like that. No, I love it. Like it's, it's not, it's not strange in a way like, oh my gosh, I'm like talking to strangers. Like I truly Mm -hmm. feel like I'm talking to people that are like my friends. Like the way that I like chit chat with people, I'm like, yeah, girl, this is crazy. I told this crazy story um, about like this experience I had with my dentist and we were all like, yeah, they're wild. Like, um, so it does feel genuine and I love meeting people in person. Like the few times that it's happened, I'm no mega TikToker. So it does not happen frequently. Um, But when it does, it makes me so happy. That's so exciting. I did want to ask one more question. Yeah. Um, You talk a lot about like your favorite wearables, fitness wearables. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually got the Whoop because of you. Yes. Well, I I got rid of it. I was not a fan of the Whoop. I didn't like that. It didn't track your steps. Steps. Okay. Let me tell you about steps. Steps are a bullshit. Yeah, (laughs) it was a marketing. It was a marketing thing Mm. created. So if steps, and this is a critique, Whoop gets a lot because it doesn't. It's not a pedometer. It doesn't track steps. One, they're pretty inconsistent in like the accuracy of them. But also for me, steps hitting my steps wasn't going to get me to move. Mm. Balancing my recovery and my like strain was going to get me to move. Like that was what I'm like. Okay, today I'm in the green. Like I can really like go do cardio. I can do a whole bunch of things. Okay. I'm in the red. Like I need to think about it differently. So if you're looking for like a benchmarking tool, mm-hmm. that's just based on steps. It's not a great fit. Um, but steps aren't a real, somebody made that number up. <laughs> somebody picked 10,000. There's no, there's no scientific study supporting the 10,000 number. But it's like, I can't get it out of my head. How do you I know get it it's of, really you good marketing. You just said like you I, could take a long walk in the morning. Yeah. And- I, n- I never used it. So to begin with, so I never, oh. I never paid attention. I have an Apple watch and I never paid attention to like the closing your ring step thing. Like I just never, just never appealed to me. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I, I can't get it out of my head. I'm like, the but it's about how you feel. Like yeah. there are some days where you can do 10,000 steps and there are some days where you probably really shouldn't do 10,000 yeah. steps. Um, I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> I, you have to find a new metric based on like what your, how you want to feel, like yeah. what, what your feeling goals are, which no, that's like real. totally valid if, if it wasn't that for you. It works really well Actually, for me. I really love the sleep tracking. And yeah. It was like crazy how accurate it was. It was yeah. like if you're 60%, I was like, yeah, I feel like 60% mm-hmm. today. Or when I drink at all. Yeah. One glass of wine, it's like I'm done for. Yeah. Um, 
That was super accurate. But yeah, expand beyond steps. I'm trying to think of other things that you could use that would maybe, because it seems like you're like a quantitative, like you want that number and you want the- A little bit, You want the satisfaction hitting the number? (laughs) Read me. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe- I think it's because I work from home too. And so like just wanting to not be like in a sedentary lifestyle. And so like the steps is like a way that I know I'm not hitting, like a way that I know I'm not Why don't you just do time? Be like, I'm going to commit to to walking an hour and a half every day. Yeah. Do 45 minutes in the morning, 45 minutes in the afternoon. And that is like the 10K steps right there. Yeah. And that way you're not like so wedded to the number. Yeah. That's real. Because I didn't hit it yesterday and I was kind of like beating myself up about it. See, that's the problem too is it's made people feel guilty Mm -hmm. for not um, hitting it. Yeah. Yeah. Another way to just beat ourselves up. I know. That's the (laughs) the exact opposite of what it was designed to do. (sighs) Okay. I, I wanted to ask you about that because I know you have a lot of commentary on your I'm, variables. I'm very anti-steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think it, it helps anybody. Mm, okay. But if that's the only way that's going to get you moving, I guess, okay. But give yourself some grace. Don't be like – like I've se- seen people do crazy things. Like if they were traveling and yeah. they're like pacing back and forth in an airport. Like is that enjoyable? No. Yes, you're moving. <laughs> but like does it, feel, does it make you feel a little crazy like just pacing back and forth? People putting it on their dog, people putting it on their ankle with their walking pads. Yeah. There's a I, lot. The walking pad has gone in and out of my Amazon cart like 50 million times. Because I'm like, I don't want it. Like, I like committed to a certain aesthetic in my apartment, so I yeah. don't want it. But then I'm like, oh, I don't want to be sitting on my butt all day. Because I do. I think, can't multitask, so yeah. I know. Like, I can't walk and talk. And, yeah. Like, I would fall. So. <sighs> yeah, no. I don't think I'm going to get it. But I I do just like getting out and like walking around and just taking I love, Yeah, that's the beauty of living in California. It's yeah. Like you can almost all deer, all year long, except for when it's rainy season. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, to wrap, yeah. I have to ask everyone, what is something that you're fostering currently? I would say community. Mm-hmm. I'm big on like, like I said, I would love to get the in-person events back and do more of them and do maybe ones beyond just Legree, um, but fostering community both online and in-person and finding um, – a way to connect with people. I think in my age, I've realized it's harder to make friends and meet people with similar interests. So like the more that I can help foster community just for myself, but yeah. also uh, for those around me, I think that's really my main goal and something that I'm really thinking about in a bunch of different aspects of my life. I love that so much. Is there anything that you want to plug or promote? No, no. I think TikTok, if you want to learn all things yeah. hair, um, all things wellness, <laughs> literally, I talk about any aspect of um, wellness. So I guess TikTok is where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank great. you for having me. Bye, y'all. <laughs>